Welcome into the Penn Live Wrestling Podcast. Opening weekend in the books. We've got some real life live wrestling action to talk about. Dave Heckert's here. I'm Dustin Hockettsmith. We're going to recap opening weekend here. Look ahead to a few highlights from the week ahead. We'll really get into the dual meet schedule. And we've got tournaments obviously coming up this weekend. So Dave will help us break down a few of those things. And, you know, Dave, I think with you being there, starting your media conglomerate, um, doing some mat side play-by-play for PA Power at the CV Kickoff Classic, that's a pretty good place to start there. And I wanted to kind of get your highlights being Matt side and seeing some of these things unfold. Um, Nazareth won the team title. there, not really all that close. Council rock South um, was, it was a second place there coming Valley hung in there at, at third. And I think it was boiling Springs at, at fourth. So I think two pretty good showings from those two teams, but obviously got a couple of hammer teams coming in there and, and doing what you expected them to do. Yeah, I guess your season's off and running here, Dustin. I, I, I thought, uh, you know, the Cumberland Valley kickoff classic is always a good tournament to open a season with. And, you know, you get a look at some local teams as well as some other teams across the state. Uh, you know, like you said, Nazareth, just just impressive. Uh, you know, they won it with 245 and a half points. You know, Council Rock in second with 180. So, like, even that difference there between them and Council Rock South, um, you know, Nazareth just just continues to push out a good product. Um, Cumberland Valley finished in third. I, I was, I, you know, I liked what I saw there. I thought, you know, some of their young guys battled. Um, Bowling Springs, um, after an okay first day, I thought hung around second day and and battled through. And I mean, Cumberland Valley uh, finished ahead of Bowling Springs, one sixteen to one fourteen. So you're essentially talking, you know, you're looking very very similar there as far as they they did, you know, and and, and as far as. Uh, you know, other local teams, I thought Northern did okay. I, you know, they, they finished tied for seventh there, um, you know, behind Downingtown West, uh, 97 and a half points is what they finished with to Downingtown West 106. So they were kind of in that, in that mix there a little bit and uh, saw some good stuff there. McDevitt in ninth with 93 and a half without Enders and Robel, you know, so there, there's some points a lot of points left out there for them where they would have been right up in that mix in my opinion and then uh Redland and Shippensburg obviously rounded out the bottom there but um you know I I think uh you know what I saw and and first of all um OW right Mason yeah. Lightheart Dover three-time champ um just continues to impress me uh you know as a wrestler you know obviously just scores a ton of points on top but he won his third title, and, and, you know, unfortunately for him, you know, he could have been one of, and I think, I'm pretty sure there's one of two champs who've won it four times if it wasn't for COVID. Um, you know, Patrick Dugan being the only, uh, only four-time champ. And, you know, either way, uh, you know, he, he won the, uh, the Ed Michaels, you know, Outstanding Wrestler uh, Award. And, uh, you know, I thought he had a pretty, a pretty nice tournament. And, uh, but, you know, looking at the tournament as a whole, um, starting at 106, you know, Connor Killian, Cumberland Valley showed me, showed me that he's going to be a guy in, in the mix here at the end. I mean, you know, you were there for that match and, and I mean, he was up three, nothing. Uh, you put, uh, Connor Smith from, from, um, uh, uh Seneca Valley. Uh, what's that? Seneca Valley. Val- Seneca. I'm thinking, I'm thinking Salkin Valley. We, you and I were talking Salkin Valley a little earlier. Um, Seneca Valley. Yeah. He's the number four guy in the state, you know, and he put him on his back was up three, nothing and, and lost in the end. And I think what you saw there is, uh, you know, these young guys, you got to wrestle six minutes. 
you know, you got to finish a match. And, and you saw him get turned turn there in the last couple seconds to give up that, 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 you know, that, that win there and, and that title. So, um, but I think all uphill for him, um, you know, he's got to keep working and, and, and learn to wrestle, you know, six minutes. Um, you know, again, you go through the weight classes. I mean, 113 pounds, the Barber kid from Bowling Springs finished fifth. You know, at 20, you had the Fertility kid finishing third from Northern. Um, you know, at 126, uh, Jake Mitchell from Cumber Valley finished fifth in a pretty tough weight class uh, for a young guy to finish. I thought that he had a nice little run there. You know, um, you know, he battled uh, a Pelo Freeze from Nazareth in the semis. He almost came back and beat him. And then he dropped down into the con scene. You saw a little bit of that freshman come out. You know, he took a hard one, but then he, he ended the tournament on the win, on a win. And anytime you wrestle in a tournament, man, you want to end on a win, you know, win the last match of the tournament. And, uh, and he did that, um, you know, but, uh, you know, obviously Lightheart won the 126 pound bracket. Um, Eli Bounds, Boiling Springs uh, came home with, with a title. And I, I, that was good for them. I thought, you know, he wrestled pretty tough there. Um, the Beck kid from Redland finishing uh, sixth there and um, at 132 as well. 138 was the guy that I was probably most impressed with, uh, the Findora kid from Downingtown West. Um, I mean, he won three nothing in the, in the finals against Dune from Nazareth. And, you know, he, he controlled the whole match. I mean, he didn't surrender a point. He rode him out. Um, he just looked really solid, I thought. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's more impressive to me, the guys that win, you know, three, nothing, you know, seven, one, you know, um, over the matches that are like 14, 13, you know what I mean? I, I think yeah. you know, to control a match the way those guys do and, 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 and shut a guy out was impressive. Um, but at 138, you had a ton of mid pen guys placing the McClintock kid took third Palalik from Radland fifth Whitcomb sixth, um, 145 pounds Gilfoyle from McDevitt. He got third. Um, which kind of was a shock. I think he was the one seed, you know what I mean? And got knocked off in the, in the semis there, but battled back for a third and, you know, that's what you do. And, um, and the J Timmy Johnson from Northern finished uh, fifth in that bracket at 45. The other guy I was impressed with is a 52. I don't know about you, but that, that horror kid from Montgomery. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah he, he beat the Wagner kid from Lewisburg. I think their rivals he beat him three, one, but that was a tough bracket. Um, Andrew Christie from McDevitt finishing third, Belga finishing fourth. Christie, uh, you know, two big, I mean, he beat Belga twice. Um, and that's, 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 that's big. That's two big wins for him. And, um, in, in my opinion, I didn't see the first match, but, you know, he thoroughly controlled that, that second match and, um, you know, was, it looked impressive to me. 160 was the fun one. You know, I, I thought the Cola, Jesse and, and Dugan match. I mean, you know, Dugan being down five points going into the third period, sending in an overtime and then ultimately he lost in overtime. But, you know, that was a fun one to watch. And that um, was a good match for Dugan, too, because, you know, I, I think he he has his, his criticism of his of himself and some of these matches he's lost looking back at, you know, the state semifinals last year and some of these others is that he wasn't as active and wasn't as aggressive. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, that being a key for him. So he runs into Collegezzi, who is, you know, I think Dugan is going to be making his way down to 52. He, he looked to be a little bit lighter than Collegezzi. And, you know, he's Definitely. a pretty thick kid, strong kid, tough on top too, which I think made a difference, you know, early in this match. But he gives up the, the, those two takedowns. And I think he just told himself, you know, if I'm going to go out, I'm going out firing. And I think... He got aggressive. He got, he, um, he pushed the pace as he does. 
he tapped into every ounce of gas he had, and he had more of it than Colajesi did. You know, yeah, I think you Boiling, saw that. You saw that. Boiling Springs Corner was was a little bit upset that that he took a little time at the end of regulation. Um, you know, took some injury yeah. time there. You know, my, my theory on that is, you know, I, I used to get upset at that too, but again, like you're wasting that, that mental energy on something you have no control of. Like, you know, the kid, the kid took the time out and, and, and Brad Silvan Perry wasn't, wasn't happy either. I could tell by the look in his face that, you know, he wasn't happy that his kid did that, but ultimately it happened. Right. Um, right. You know, and I think as the guy, you know, as, as Dugan and maybe his corner, you know, and now's the time to maybe refocus, take it as a positive. Hey, we're going to refocus here. We're going to talk, we're going to figure this out and, uh, and coach him up here. I think so many times you see the kid from the other team or, you know, from Bowling Springs and, you know, he, in this situation, you know, Dugan didn't, but I mean, you see, always see the opposing side. A lot of times that corner just goes crazy, you know, and, and I get it. It's frustrating, but you know, you have no control over that. I think a lot of time, you know, that, that negative energy that, 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 you know, it can, can come out and, you know, you just really need to refocus um, there. But yeah, I mean, that is frustrating, you know, cause you're, you're rolling, you have momentum and, and, and to be honest, you know, if they, if they don't stop, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, Dugan's winning that. You know, yeah. I mean, that kid got his breath and came back and, and, and had enough in the gas tank then to get it done. But it's early in the year, right? And, and these kids are are not in tip-top shape yet. And uh, Council Rock South obviously puts out a good product and they'll take care of that. But, um, you know, I, I thought I was, I, I liked that match. I thought that was a, a fun match to watch, you know. Um, you know, Bartram. Wild finish. Yeah, wild finish. Yeah, and, and I, I know you were impressed with Cole Bartram. I was very impressed uh, with him too. Yeah, I, I mean, he tech followed the guy in the finals. You know, yeah. I mean, I, to, you know, I, I mean, I, I was impressed with him. I think, you know, you're going to hear from him a good bit. You know, I mean, he looks like he has some room to drop maybe to 62 by the end of the year. I don't know if he will or not, but um, darn, he looked, he looked, he looked tough. Uh, looked real tough. And he, even I think the better win was in the semifinals where he beat Noah Akimoto from Nazareth, who I think was ranked number 10 in the state. Bartram, I think, was number 18, but he beat, he beat the kids from Nazareth pretty soundly in the semis. Yeah, he did. There. And that was, that was a better kid than he got in the finals there. So I think, you know, some, some good wins, scored a lot of points, uh, was physical and tough. All the things that, that um, Dan Nauman wants him to be and, and some of those things that he, he wasn't quite – you know, uh, wasn't quite where uh, he wanted to be as a freshman last year, was cutting some weight. Uh, this year, the plan is he's at 172, and um, I think the plan is to get down to 60 for the, for the postseason. But he's going to be right. tough and strong. He's going to be um, – he, he kind of – I think he should have turned some heads there. And uh, maybe by the time you're listening to this, I will have a story out on Penn Live just about his emergence and what he learned from last year and how he got to this place. Yeah, yeah, he he deserves it. And then, and then again, you know, as far as the mid pen up top was kind of, you know, no nobody was really in the finals there. I feel like, uh, you know, you had to coach a couple guys from McDevitt playing football. And um, but you know, in in general, I, I mean, I thought it was a well run tournament. Uh, you know, Billy being his first year there did a nice job with it, and uh, it's always a good tournament to start off the year with. So. Uh, but here's the deal, right? It, it's tournament one for the wrestlers out there that may, maybe didn't finish the way they wanted to, you know, um, you know, it's peaks and valleys, right? As is life. And, and, you know, you come out and you win a tournament like this, you can't get too high. You know, you don't want to have your head in the clouds, right? But you got to keep working. But then, you know, if you didn't do as well, you don't want to stay low either. You know, you got a whole season here and, you know, you learn from it and, and move forward. I think that's the important part of this whole thing is take the, take the lessons learned, uh, suck it up, move forward and, and grow, you know? 
couple points I wanted to circle back around to. Um, number one, you know, talking about Cole Bartram, and by the way, Rocco Fratelli uh, is is going is one twenty all the way. He he got bigger from last year. He was really good at one oh six. The assumption was that he was going to wrestle one twenty and get down to thirteen. The plan right now is for him to stick it out at one twenty and stay big, uh, stay healthy, stay fresh, not cut that weight. Um, yeah. I think I mean I, I think he looked pretty good there, but I think with Northern. You know, when you look at Joel McClintock finishing third and Timmy Johnson finishing fifth, you know, and, and the rest of this team, that's where that's where I was most curious. Like I knew about Cole Bartram. I knew about Rocker Fratelli. Um, I wanted to see kind of these other guys. And I, I think they, they they're going to throw some guys out there who are tougher than you think. And, and those are I, a couple of names to know. And uh, I, I thought. You know, you and I talked about Northern being kind of a wild card in that Keystone. I came out of this weekend with probably a little bit higher opinion of them, just seeing yeah, how some of these other guys that. did. I would agree with uh, that. I, I thought they wrestled tough. And like you said, the guys you just don't know about look like they came out and, and wrestled hard. I, I, I agree with you. I agree. So uh, looking at McDevitt then too, um, no Riley Rebell, no Bryce Enders. They're still in the top 10 in this tournament, which is pretty heavy with AAA teams. So you see their tournament scoring potential. And by the way, they didn't have Gabe Bertoldi either, uh, you know, at 132, 138. So um, they're missing a few key guys. They're still wrestling through. Jake Guilfoyle, I think, was up pretty big and got and got caught and pinned. Um, I didn't see that match, okay. but I, th- I think I didn't that, see it either. I, think I, I didn't. Yeah. Okay. You could be right. Like I didn't see it. I didn't, I didn't even look at that, that deal there. I, yeah. Cause um, that, that makes sense, but he's tough. So. Um, but I, I think you, you see their tournament scoring potential and I think you see, you know, the dual potential that is there too. So again, I yeah. think uh, same deal. I, I, I thought highly of the crusaders and I see what they were missing. By the way, Lucas Lawler who wrestled two fifteen looked like he was weighing in around one ninety. I don't know. He didn't look, he didn't look two fifteen to me uh, really kind of battled yeah. out and hung, hung tough. I think you might see him down there. Yeah, I don't know what, what maybe there was a weight thing, you know, dissension plan type deal where he couldn't wrestle that weight or, you know, something going on there. Either way, I, I yeah, I'm with you. I, you know, I, I think you'll see him lower than 215 once the Enders kid comes back. Which gives them a pretty, t- pretty tough little group there yeah. up top. So I, I, yeah. I fully expect McDevitt to be in that District 3 title mix, both at the individual and the, and the team level. Um, Mason Leapart just wanted to touch on, on him real quick. That, that Braxton Apello freeze kid was solid in good position, tough and strong, you know, and, and Mason Leapart, uh, is coming down to 120 later in the year. So he's, uh, but he's super strong in that wiry frame of his. And I think one of his evolutions as a wrestler is, um, being a little bit more to the point against these kids who, who are so solid and strong, you know, that he can funk and scramble and roll. And he's, you know, he flows as freely, I think as any wrestler in, in the state does, but I think he's gotten so much better at attacking these guys who do maintain good position and being able to win the match, you know, staying on the tack and not just on those reattack situations. Yeah, I agree, man. I, and he's going to be ultimate at 120. I mean, ultra tough at 120 pounds, man. I mean, I thought he looked dominant at 26 and he's dropping to 22 at the postseason. He's going to be a tough out for sure. And then just lastly on Connor Killian, I think this was a pretty good statement for him to make, you know, Eli Leapart came in at number 17 in the state coming in. Uh, Connor Killian was number 18. Um, the, the Smith kid that he wrestled in in the finals there was, what'd you say? Number four. Number four. And, and, And uh, so he tech falled Eli Leapart. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that, that, that was a my nice eyes. I, I'm, you know, Correct. that really, man. Okay. 
Um, and for, for, for him to do some scoring from the top, you know, obviously, you know, in, in a match where you expect it to be a pretty close decision, you get those three on the board after a scoreless first period, you really like your chances. And that should be a match that, that a kid gets to the finish line in, but you know, at the same time, getting those three points, I'm sure as a freshman, you know, you, you get from, I got to win this into the, I, I don't want to lose this mode right, kind of, and, right. that's, and that's what happens. I think it's a natural thing. And, you know, Billy Chamberlain said after the match uh, that, uh, you know, Connor Killian is only just now starting to realize how good he is. So you're looking at right, a guy who, right. you know, is going to jump into that district three contention mix. That's a, a name to circle right there, even though he didn't sure. get that title. No, I'm, I'm, I 100% agree with you. And he'll, he'll get better. Like that was his first tournament, you know, first high school, high school, you know, meet high school tournament. So um, he'll only get better, I, I think. And um, he was impressive, especially in that, that semi, like you said. Looking at some other things from the weekend here. Um, the, the thing that jumped, the, the, the very first thing, I know there's some other key results too, but CDE is going to Williamsport for that top hat tournament. And um, finishing, I believe, ninth in the team standings there. You know, uh, Marcel McDaniels is a guy I know that caught your eye at 152 pounds. He's a runner up there. Travis Armstrong at 215, a runner up there too. Uh, But those two guys are really, really interesting as you're also kind of compiling some new names to add to your District 3 watch list. Those are two to do it. Yeah, the McDaniel kid really stuck out to me because – he beat the Weaver kid from Williamsport in the semis. You know, Weaver was at States two years ago. He beat him 1911. And then, and then he goes into the finals and loses to Chris Archulo from Saucon Valley, um, who was at States two years ago as well. He lost in the blood round of States at 132. Um, and, and, you know, I, I, I feel like, you know, that's two good bouts that he had there at that tournament. And again, there's that 152 pound weight class in our district. I mean, you know, that, that's a tough weight and, and this only makes it tougher, especially if he plans to stay there. Um, you know, that was the one that was impressive to me. And obviously the Armstrong kid finishing second. I mean, you know, he's a tough customer too, but the McDaniels kid and, and that 152 pound weight class at top hat was, was, uh, was impressive, impressive for sure. Uh, looking down at Solanco, the Mule Classic down there, I, I don't think you saw, you know, a lot of depth in in those brackets. So you had guys who you knew were tough, who I don't think had the had the most difficult road. But at the same time, I thought it was still meaningful that Central Dolphin, with you know a bunch of new pieces in, in their lineup coming together, they win that. Um, you know, Dallas Towns there. You know, you you're, you're not looking at a tournament that that's got a bunch of pushovers, but um, Central Dolphin with a, with a few champs with. Uh, um, you know, obviously Matt Repos and Ryan Garvick at 38 and 60, and then Liam Flanagan at 106. I, th- I thought as good as, as you could have hoped for, I think, from CD just to start the year. Yeah, I mean, here we go, right? Like the down Central Dolphin, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. The down CD, right? Well, they go and they win the Mule Classic. So, um, you know, and I'm going to get into them here in a little bit. We start to break down the Cumber Valley Central Dolphin match coming up. But, I mean, what more can you want? You know what I mean? Here you think you have a group of inexperienced guys um, and you come out. And now I will say that Central Dolphin does have some good individuals. You know what I mean? That are, are, are you know, so tournament-wise, they're going to get their wins and stuff. But, um, you know, either way, good good weekend for them to come out and kind of say, hey, we're, we're not going anywhere, you know, and uh, obviously, you know, heading into this week with that, the, you know, the big rivalry with Cumberland Valley coming up on Thursday. Uh, Jeff wants his guys as, as, you know, he wants as much momentum heading into Thursday as he can get. And I think he got it this weekend. I wanted to just look quickly at a few duels that that stood out as being ones that can kind of shape 
the district three team picture. You know, that opening weekend isn't always the best to get that D three on D three competition, but Chambersburg, I think the final was 36, 27. They lose to Hempfield. Uh, Hempfield is one of those teams that, that, you know, very much in contention for maybe that number one spot. Uh, so they kind of proved it there. And then Chambersburg turns around and beats Spring Grove 34 to 30. So I, I thought to me, you know, you're looking at probably three of the district's top 10 or 12 teams, um, yeah. you know, yeah, re- wrestling at, at Spring Grove. Uh, Chambersburg taking care of business against Spring Grove. I think they'll do a really good job in the York Adams League and they'll, they'll be a factor in the district race. And then Chambersburg, you know, re- wrestling tough, but Hempfield is, is, is a good team. What'd you kind of learn from that? And I would also throw in, you know, Mannheim Township, West Perry, looking at uh, trying to figure out what Mannheim Township has because you knew their studs last year <clears throat> the question last year and again this year is what else do they have in their lineup i don't think we really got answers to their lineup depth just yet but in terms of hammers they're as good as anybody in the district yeah they are they have where well, they're tough they're tough you know and uh you know the, the match uh, with west perry uh you know that was a, a good match I, I think on the side of west perry for me it was the forfeits they had you know i mean you know, here's a team that I think has, has a good group, but you can't give up, you can't forfeit. You can't, you can't give up weights, especially if you plan to, to win a district title, to win, you know, that, that, that's tough to overcome. Um, and I, I think that hurt them there. They had two forfeits in that dual meet. Um, as far as Chambersburg, you know, I, I mean, there's, like you said, three Chambersburg, Hemfield, Spring Grove. I mean, there's top 10, three top 10 teams, in my opinion, in our district, you know, battling out weekend one. I, I think the, the Chambersburg, you know, lost to Hemfield shows. I mean, that, that was one, you know, one or two bouts difference, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, 30, we'd say 39, 28, or, you know, I, I think uh, that, that shows that, you know, Hempfield is maybe a little bit of that, that upper, upper tier in district three. And, uh, you know, they're, they're going to, I guess they're the team to beat, but again, that proves to me there's no clear cut favorite yet. You know, I mean, you, you know, I, I, I feel like that shows me some, some that, that Hempfield's good, but again, they're, they're not unbeatable. So I, I, you know, it'll be interesting to see how this unfolds here come, come postseason. I think, uh, you know, Hempfield, what they're bringing, I, I think Gettysburg, what they bring every single year, um, kind of can't account for that they're not always they're they're they haven't been a preseason darling most years but no, here they were no. in the district finals last year gave central dolphin everything they could handle yeah. and i think could you could make a case that they were a little bit better in that duel they just ended up losing it um and then uh you know hempfield i, I think their progression is worth watching for sure too um, yeah and, and yeah yeah i agree so you know speaking of central dolphin i did want to kind of get your take with that rivalry match coming out cb uh Cumberland valley is going to central dolphin on thursday night uh so there they'll be in an away gym setting central dolphin a little bit of home home mat advantage i expect after a year of not being able to have fans there the cd fans will be pretty spirited in this one cb fans will, will make their way over there they'll be pretty spirited too they always are what are you looking at in terms of keys? I mean, you're, you're still trying to get a lot of information about what both of these teams really, really have, but after opening weekend, what are you looking at as things to watch that are going to decide this thing? Um, so I, I went down last night and broke this, this match down pretty good here. And, and I mean, it's, it's going to be close. You know, I, I mean, even looking, I, I think in general, I think Cumber Valley has a better overall team, but it's not about that. It's about matchups. And what you're going to have here is matchups where you're going to have some some okay kids, some good kids wrestling, some good kids, and some inexperienced kids wrestling, some inexperienced kids. And you know, uh, I, I think the big thing though is is the first four weights. 
Okay, I think six, 13, 20, and 26. And there's some unknowns in there. I think for, for, for Cumber Valley, there's unknowns. And, and for Central Dolphin, I mean, you have Flanagan at six. You have the Faree kid at 13. You have Dallas Shore at 20. And you have Reynolds at 26. Okay, four guys that have experience there. Okay, now you flip over and you look at Cumber Valley. Cumber Valley has Killian at 106. Well, Killian and, and Flanagan's a toss-up, in my opinion. Maybe favoring Killian a little more. If I had to, if I had to put money on, I think you know Killian looked pretty impressive this weekend. But look, you have a freshman wrestling a guy that's experienced in Flanagan. Okay, his first high school dual meet. Okay, the pressure of a big dual meet. You know, making weight an hour before you wrestle. Right, that all matters. And. Uh, you know, now here's where things get, get kind of crazy for Cumber Valley is the 13 and 20 deal. Like, and the guy that I have a question on is where is Alex Tennis? You know, here's a guy last year that was ranked in the district and he didn't appear this weekend at the kickoff classic. Now, between me and you, I know where Alex Tennis is, but I'm going to, I'm going to play the where's Alex Tennis card, right? Like, you know, is he, is he, is he going to be around for the Central Dolphin match? Is he going to be at 13? Is he going to be at 20? You know, where, you know, where could he be? And, um, you know, right now Montez is at 113 pounds and I think you have Tennis, Montez and Whitaker, right? And, and, you know, I think those three within those two weights are going to be, um, you know, they're going to have to figure out what they're going to do there if tennis is available. Um, and then at 26, you have Mitchell, who's a freshman against Reynolds, who has experience. So you have four weights there that, in my opinion, are, are somewhat all toss-ups. Now, um, you know, again, the question is, is where's tennis? But now I'm going to get to that middle group, right? So now you got 32, 38, 45, right? So where's Beers? You know, where is he at for Central Dolphin? Um, you know, uh, I, I had him kind of penciled in here at 32. You know, if he's in the, he, he was not at the tournament. If he's not in their lineup, that spells big trouble for Central Dolphin. Okay. If they forfeit 32, that's not good. You know, because if he's in, I, I, he, I think he, he's favored in that 32 pound bout. That could be a nine point swing. Yeah, you know, and, and that's what people don't people don't realize. Um, you know, they have repost at 38. I think Central Dolphins grabbing that one. You know, at 45, there could be some some bumping and moving around there between McKenzie and Rudd. You know, is Cumber Valley going to waste a Whitcomb on repost? You know what I mean? Are, you know, do you, do you bump there? Um, you know, 52. There's a big question. You know, you have Belga um, and the Miller kid at 52 and 60. You know, are are, are, are you know. I, you have Garvick from Central Dolphin at 60. You know what I mean? Does this Cumber Valley feed him? You know, do they put Belga on him to save points? You know what I mean? To try to save points. Uh, and the interesting thing to me is the big weights where the flip matters, they're all the same weight. Twenty, uh, They're all the same odd or even, right? So if the match starts, you know, weight one is an odd weight. Weight two is an even weight. Weight three is an odd weight. You follow? Regardless of the weight class. Right. So you know, 26, you know what I mean? Um, 38, 52, they're all the same odd or even bouts. So the flip's going to matter, right? So then I'm, I'm even looking like here, you know, where the match begins. If it starts yeah. at 172, like what is, you know, Central Dolphin, do they bump up Garvik to try to take out maybe one of their two, 189, 215 pounders, which is, I, I feel that's where they're weak at. You know what I mean? Do they bump up and try to and try to take advantage there somehow? 
out of save points. So if, if 172 is pulled as the first weight, Southern Dolphins is going to have to make maybe a decision. Whereas if it's pulled at 152, Cumberland Valley is going to have to make a decision. You know, where they put Belga, what they're doing there. So, you know, this, this all matters. Uh, you know, I, I do think if just looking straight up, 72 and 89 are, are areas where Cumberland Valley has to look to try to score some bonus possibly um, in that area, you know, to help them out. Because I, I, I believe that the Stewart kid from Stafford Dolphin is getting bonus at heavyweight. So, yeah. I mean, this, this one's going to be back and forth. Um, you know, if, if I'm a betting man, um, I'm going to say um, Stafford Dolphin's getting 10. I'm going to say I think Cumberland Valley is a little bit better. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I have the score, the Eagles 36-25 is what I have the final as. And uh, again, that's, that's, that's again, 36-25 is 11 points. That's, that's one match away from being flipped. You know, people yep. think, oh, 10 points, but that's one bout away. So uh, it'll be a good one. I'm really interested to see, looking at a few of the, the points that you made there, looking at 106, Liam Flanagan and, uh, and Connor Killian. So first duel for, for Killian, um, Liam Flanagan not only has some experience, um, but he is tough and kind of in your face, sets the pace, doesn't really waver over the course of six minutes. And that has, has proven a lot of mental fortitude. And that's one that it's a wild card with a freshman. Where, where are you as far as that goes? But in terms of skill, Connor Killian's right there. And it's a really similar thing. If you do see uh, Gavin Reynolds and Jake Mitchell at 126, it's almost the same deal. You know, Gavin Reynolds is a really tough competitor and tough kid and uh, kind of stays strong from minute one through minute six and doesn't really flinch. So where, do, where does that go? And then at 38, you know, I think you can make a play either way. You can say that, you know, Josiah Whitcomb, there's a good chance. There, there's a chance for him to hold repost to three. If you put him out there, there's also a chance yeah. that if he, if he gets himself into a tough spot or kind of kind of blinks or loses focus for a minute, he could give up six. So there's some risk reward there, depending on how you want to approach 38. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it, it's going to be nip and tuck. Um, you know what I mean? You know, I, uh, <laughs> You know, I, I don't know. It's going to be a close match. I mean, it's going to be high emotions. It's going to be, you know, I mean, it's 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 a big rivalry. And in my opinion, I mean, that's what makes high school sports, right? Like the rivalry, um, you know, this is a big one. I mean, arguably, in my opinion, one of the best rivalries around in any sport um, is the Cumber Valley Central Dolphin match Thursday night at CD. And like I said, if, if I was a betting man, I, I'd say the, the Eagles are, are, are you know, laying 10 and uh, I have to score 36, 25 Eagles, but that could go either way, man. That's, that's, it's, it's a toss up. So a lot, lot of variables awesome there. Awesome other, other few, other few things to watch Perry County tournament coming up on Tuesday. Could see Newport West Perry there. King of the mountain, brutal coming to Valley, Northern uh, state college, Mifflin County going out there. Uh, tough yep. tournament all the way up and down Car Carlisle's tournament. Nice little local tournament, Boiling Springs, Gettysburg, Redland, West Perry. Yeah. A lot Chambers, of, of mid-end teams in there. Trinity, Newport, Redland, Ship, Steel High, Waynesboro, Greencastle, Lower Dolphin. Uh, 60th, 60th year for the Carlisle Christmas tournament coming up here. So. 60 years going strong. Well, that's, what we be, that's what we'll be keeping our eye on here. Um, circle back around. Dave will be with us again on Monday here on the Penn Live Wrestling Podcast. We'll break down all that stuff we're previewing, including the CDCV match, and we'll look ahead the next week at that point. So thanks for tuning in to the Penn Live Wrestling Podcast, and we'll see you next time.